if you're in the market to review ERP systems, you are going to find a lot of modules. But not every module is going to be equally critical. There are some modules which you can keep them outside in a best of breed system. So which are the most common non-core ERP modules? That's what we are going to discuss in this video. So let's dive in. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hello, everyone. My name is Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. We help our clients with digital transformation strategy, change management, ERP selection, ERP implementation. On that note, let's go back to today's topic, which is going to be the top 10 most common non-core ERP modules. Now, non-core, for the most part, the core versus non-core is going to be, okay, the modules that you must keep inside your ERP system, otherwise you are going to face architectural challenges. Some of the modules, such as your finance inventory, in general, they are very tightly integrated with your operational processes. The amount of data that they are going to exchange with your general ledger is going to be a lot at each step of the process. And that's why you need to keep them inside your ERP system. But there are other modules that are not as critical just because they don't have as tight integration with the other processes. So what are those modules? So let's now look at the list. So number one on our list is human resources module. Now, the whole idea of human resources module is to cover the entire human resources processes, anything and everything that your HR teams are going to do, which is going to be your recruiting, learning, benefits, goals, tracking, etc. All of that falls under that human resources module. Now, for the most part, the way human resources processes are designed and the data sets are designed, they are going to have slightly different compliance requirements, different security requirements in terms of what you can share with your team members and what you cannot share because these are very sensitive topics related to compensation. So ERP has very sensitive data as well, but here you might have real legal challenges in terms of what you can share with people and what you cannot share, whether you talk about compensation, gender, any other personal attributes that people might not feel comfortable sharing with their colleagues. And that's why you have a lot of HR requirements that drive the functionality of human resources. And that's why generally human resources module is kept separate from your ERP systems. But there are going to be industries where the human resources processes are very tightly integrated with your ERP processes. And the reason for that is because either your the project that you might be doing as part of your core operational workflow, if you are going to have inputs that are going to be dependent upon your human resources module, whether you are looking at the skill set or of the resources. And based on that, if you need to schedule your projects, then you would require input 
from your human resources module. And that's where some ERP systems might have very tight integration with your human resources module. Typically, if you look at different industries, for the most part, 90% of manufacturing don't necessarily require the embedded human resources processes or distribution retail for the most part. But if you go to industries such as automotive, because their skills are going to be far critical, and that's why they require far tighter integration, even with your human resources module. The medical device is another example where you might require tighter integration just because you have the e-signature process and sometimes you need to look at the skill set, the certification, the licenses, etc. that need to be part of your core operational process. And since you are keeping so much of human resources, sometimes these ERP systems might keep pretty much everything from the human resources perspective inside the ERP system. But that is generally not the norm for the most part the human resources processes especially if you talk about recruiting etc it's not the smartest decision to keep that inside your erp system typically you are going to have a standalone system that is called hcm that keeps those processes so that's number one now number two on our list is payroll module and payroll has very similar issues as your human resources. In fact, some people might argue that, you know what, payroll is part of your human resources. So payroll has the amount of compliance, the regulatory reporting that you are going to require at the county level, the amount of penalty that you have from the payroll perspective. It's better to just keep these processes inside your payroll system than keeping it inside your ERP system. For the most part, when you look at ERP versus payroll, the only component that you keep inside your ERP system related to payroll is going to be when you have to get the rates for people that you are going to use to be able to compute the cost of your project stops for whatever you might be computing the cost. That's the only place where the compensation or you need to keep these employees or when they are going to be clocking in, clocking out on the job, which might feel very similar to how they are going to be clocking in for your human resources processes, but these two processes are generally not related. They follow very different life cycle. And that's why a lot of ERP systems don't really include the payroll module as part of your ERP. Even if they are going to include, they are either going to have a white labeled solution that they are selling uh, that might be pre-integrated, or the other case could be that they are going to have really limited support. For example, they might have the payroll only for the US, but if you are going to be in multiple countries, that might not work for you. That might not be as user-friendly for you. The other layer that you need to know about payroll module is in some industry, the integration with payroll might be critical. And that's going to be, for example, let's say if you are in spaces where you require union reporting, now for union reporting, the processes are going to be so tightly integrated with your transactions because you need to embed the union reporting with every single transaction that you are processing. So then payroll becomes critical to keep as part of your ERP system. In those cases, the payroll module might be bundled, packaged as part of your ERP system. But in general, the payroll module is not as critical and that's why it is number two on our list. The number three on our list is the time and expense module. Even though most ERP systems are going to have some sort of a time and expense functionality, but if you are looking for slightly specialized capabilities, for example, when you have different credit cards that you need to issue 
to your employees and you need processes where they can submit the receipt, etc., directly through a portal that reduces the operational overhead for the financial teams uh, because generally in keeping track of these transactions, there is not much value for the finance and accounting teams. That's why they prefer to have the TNE, specialized TNE uh, component. The TNE component that is going to be part of your ERP system may not support all of those processes, so it might be limiting. For the most part, the reason why TNE module is included as part of your ERP is when the time and expense is going to be part of your cost workflow where you need to bill these expenses to your clients or you need to account them for your costing, then only the ERP TNE module is going to be relevant. And with TNE module, even if you're going to have, let's say, a specialized component or a specialized uh, you know, software that you are using for your TNE workflow, typically the integration is not as critical because you can simply integrate using the GL entries, which is not as bigger or heavier lift overall from the integration perspective. That's why TNE module is not as critical generally inside your ERP, and that's why it is at number three on our list. Now, number four on our list is Enterprise Asset Management Module. When you look at the Enterprise Asset Management Module, the capabilities that you're going to have there are going to be the upkeep, the preventive maintenance. It's going to be financial management. Each industry is going to have very different requirements for the asset management because sometimes these workflows are going to be tightly integrated with these assets. Sometimes the, they would require data gathering from these assets. For example, let's say if you are in the transportation industry, you need to probably integrate with the truck to be able to get the data that you are going to be looking at, or you need to integrate with the ELD. Similarly, if you are going to be in the manufacturing space, you might be integrating with your edge devices and that they might be gathering a lot of data. That's why the EAM module becomes very interesting as well. And sometimes you might require a best of breed EAM module. But then while designing your process boundaries, you need to decide, okay, which ones are going to be integrated with your ERP and which ones are not going to be as integrated. So you need to decide that. But for the most part, EAM, while it is critical uh, module, depending upon your industry, it's not as critical. And that's why it is at number four on our list. Number five on our list is lease and rental management module. Now, the lease and rental management module could be tightly integrated with your operational processes as well, depending upon how much of the business is related to your lease and rental. If it is not as major component, you can as well keep it in the siloed software. But depending upon whether you are keeping the same assets that you are renting and you might be manufacturing them as well, if that is the case, then you might have a lot more handshake overall between your manufacturing module as well as in your rental module. So again, depending upon your business model and depending upon how tightly your rental and lease processes need to be integrated with your ERP system. But for the most part, if you look at the majority of the ERP systems, they don't really have as sophisticated workflows for your lease and rental management, especially if you're going to be a very complex lease rental management business. So companies may need to use a specialized lease software to be able to manage 
their lease and rental workflows just because there are going to be very complex financial reporting requirements uh, overall for lease and rental and the teams might not like the functionality of your ERP and that's why even though it is critical it needs to be tightly integrated with your financials but it's not as critical as some of the other, other modules of the ERP and that's why it is at number five on our list. Number six is the subscription management module and subscription management module is going to have many different capabilities packaged as part of this module, which is going to be different transactional workflows, contract management, the usage monitoring compliance, the subscription management gets very deeper into, let's say if you are going to be in the hardware space or IoT space where you need to monitor the consumption. In fact, even in the data center space, you probably need to monitor the consumption of different data center and you need to bill your clients accordingly. If you are in that business, then your subscription is probably going to be your bread and butter and you are going to have very complex revenue recognition as well as subscription management workflows. So when you look at this, some ERP systems may have inbuilt functionality for subscription management. And since this is very tightly integrated with your billing, invoicing, it might be harder to use a specialized component with this. But for the most part, this is not as critical just because the majority of the Businesses are probably not going to require the subscription management functionality. So that's number six. Now, number seven on our list is environment health and safety module and this module is called EHS and as part of this module you are going to have feature sets such as your incident reporting, EHS, workflow management, compliance reporting, all of these capabilities are going to be bundled as part of your EHS module. Now, depending upon the industry, how regulated they are, how regulated the reporting is overall from the EHS perspective, especially in the government space, construction space, you are going to require a lot more reporting from the EHS perspective. But for the most part, these processes don't necessarily touch your core operations, core billing, costing, financials, all of that. And that's why the EHS could be siloed. Some ERP systems are going to have these processes integrated, but they don't have to because they are not as tightly integrated with your operational workflows. And that's why it is not as critical compared to some of the other markets. So that's number seven. Now, number eight on our list is the GRC, which is governance, risk and compliance module. And GRC might not be relevant for a lot of business unless you are going to be very regulated organization or you are publicly traded organization, then only you are going to have requirements for Sarbanes-Oxley that might drive the GRC requirements. Now, some ERP systems that are going to be designed for those regulated industries, they are going to have very sophisticated GRC workflows. The whole security architecture is going to be governed or the design of that is going to be around um, the servants of the whole workflow, the way access management uh, is going to be developed. And sometimes these workflows might be too overwhelming or over bloated for the smaller businesses. And that's why GRC module is not as critical for those smaller companies, but it is generally included with some ERP systems. So that's number eight. Now, number nine on our list is the budgeting and financial reporting module. And budgeting is going to be included with many different ERP systems. Depending upon the industry, the needs for budgeting might vary. 
in some industry where they are going to have a lot of different departments, a lot of different dimensions, they require external data, historical data to be able to compute their budgets. That's when they get into very complex budget scenarios and they might use a specialized software for budgeting, planning, but uh, the in some industries, it might be okay if they might not be as sophisticated with their budgeting and planning, especially these smaller businesses might not be as sophisticated in uh, product-centric industries. Typically in public sector, not-for-profit, they are going to have far more budgeting requirements just because their reporting requires them to track the budget. If you have all of those sophisticated scenarios where you need to do either what-if scenarios or you need the external data or the historical data, then you will require separate FP&A or CPM software. And that's why the budgeting and finance module may not be as critical for ERP. And that's why it is at number nine on our list. <music> Number 10 on our list is sales and operations planning module, which is very similar to your budget and planning financial reporting module, but for different teams. So here for sales and operations planning, this is going to be relevant for slightly more inventory centric organization, retail distribution manufacturing. They are going to be deep into your sales and operations planning, but for the most part, even for SNOP planning, you are going to require historical data, external data. It is probably not the best idea to keep the historical data, external data inside your ERP systems just because it gets very expensive, just because of the rules, the operational rules that you are going to have inside your ERP. Storing your external data is always trickier. It might be far more cost effective and cheaper to keep that in an external system. And this external system and the feed does not necessarily touch your core operational process. That's why it is okay to keep this as the external system. The planning processes are going to be much easier as well with this kind of architecture. So that's why the sales and operations planning, even though it might be included with some ERP systems, it's not as critical because companies might end up using an external system for sales and operations planning as well. If you enjoyed this video, we are going to include the article that is going to have much deeper analysis. So check that out. If you have not checked our digital transformation report for 2023, we are also going to include the link of that. So check that out. We publish these videos on a weekly basis. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, do that if you don't want to miss them. And this podcast is also available in the audio form on Google, Spotify, and Apple. So you might want to check there as well as subscribe if you like. On that note, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you in the Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.